Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right, playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Previewing your 2018 Career Builders Challenge. Uh, should be an interesting t- tournament. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Find me on Twitter at Bdentric and joined by one of my usuals. You can find him on Twitter at BBSnow11. Bucks, how are we doing? Doing great, Bubba. Glad to be back for another fun event. Yep, should be a fun one. Uh, Jesse is golfing in Florida, so don't feel sorry for him. But uh, fill in for Jesse this week. You've heard him before on the Always Present PGA pod. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at All Day Every 365. Rob, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me again, Bucks and Bubba. yeah, don't feel bad for Jesse, especially when I'm sitting around in 10-degree weather. So Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll have Rob on more often this season, as we always can use another voice of uh, reasoning on the DFS <laughs> podcast. So um, we will do that. Before we get into the Career Builders Challenge, let's recap last weekend's Sony Open. Uh, Bucks, what did you think of the Kazire in that playoff? I thought it was awesome, man. I mean... Anytime, I wish one. I wish there was better coverage, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I mean, anytime you can have playoff holes, especially in Hawaii, it's uh, great golf. And both of them, I mean, Patton shot what sixty-eight, sixty-five, or something like that on the weekend, and Han shot sixty-five, sixty-two. So I mean, both were playing ridiculous golf. So. It was awesome. It was really fun to watch. I mean, honestly, that was kind of what we expected, though, going into the weekend. Yeah, we expected some, some crazy scoring for sure. Rob, what were your thoughts on uh, the weekend? Yeah, it, I thought it was cool that Kazire, you know, picks up a second win uh, in kind of the swing season, if you want to call it that. And, you know, Harmon kind of just didn't do anything uh, after he got out to a hard start, which I'm sure made a lot of one-and-done folks kind of happy to see that, but really just didn't do anything on the weekend. And, you know, a lot of guys caught up to him. And like you said, crazy low scoring. Took a little bit to get going. But as usual, the Sony doesn't disappoint in terms of uh, guys going low. Yes, it was pretty weird. It was almost like two different tournaments. The Thursday, Friday crew had one group running away with it. And on the weekend, you mentioned Han and Kazire. These guys tore it up on the weekend. And those guys that were outside of Harmony kind of fell off late. You know, Zach Johnson and some of these other guys kind of disappeared on the weekend. So, very interesting golf, but low scoring. I'd expect to see now with the ace. Um, I, th- I figured it was fitting after drafting changes their rules and no one cares. We get an ace on the first tournament, so that was, <laughs> that was good uh, just to make everybody happy about it. Um, the golf coverage, massive problem. First off, kudos to those guys for getting a free trip to Hawaii and then going on strike. Smart planning on their part. But um, – We'll start with you, Bucks. What do you think? How's this going to get solved? Because we've already complained enough, we as the everybody in the golf viewing world, about not enough coverage. Now, this could really hurt things. Yeah. I mean, you have this – I mean, you have how, how many months to get this figured out, and they strike the second of the year, the first cut event of the year. They decide to go on strike in Hawaii. Um 
just really disappointing, to be honest with you. Long-time golfer, golf fan, view it religiously. It's disappointing to see, um, and again, it's not, I don't necessarily blame kind of everybody at the golf channel, but somebody's got to own up to it. I mean, there, there needs to be coverage. Every golf event, one coverage, even if there was no strike coverage was God awful. Yeah. There's like four and a half hours of, of live golf going on and you don't get any of it. Um, and so I, I think one, there should be longer coverage windows, whether the golf channel provides it or somebody else provides it. Uh-huh. Um, and then two, they, they should have done a better job at figuring this all out before the main season started. Um, and I, I was surprised to hear that I guess their unions like guild of the U S or something. That's, who the cameramen for the golf channel run through as their union. That was surprising to me too. So yeah, to your point, good for them for going to Hawaii and. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one way to get the peruvial middle finger to your employer right there. Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting because it hurts the coverage. Like I was angry, you know, out here on the West Coast, they're teeing off at 9 a.m. and we don't get any golf coverage until 2 or 3 in the afternoon out here. It's like, what are we doing? What's going on? And I know that the equipment's there and everything. Um, I thought it was even crazy after Bones was done caddying for JT. They had him out on the course doing the second group of people going out there. Yeah. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. What were your thoughts on this one, Rob? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of funny seeing the playoff going to full-on Madden blimp load. Um and, you know, it, it wasn't even just the PGA either. It's the fact that, you know, they had to, they were trying to do the web.com tour event too, and that coverage lacked as well. So um, it was, it, I guess it was even crazier the fact that, you know, it happened before the final round. It didn't even happen before the third round where they were kind of starting to take over more of the coverage too. But, you know, like you're saying, all the coverage windows stink for the Golf Channel in general. You know, usually in the middle of the season when they're starting to go on Saturday and Sunday, you know, they'll have – whatever morning drive before and coverage doesn't come on till noon and someone's already got hot and got on the course early and you missed out and you just get these ridiculous highlights. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it's tough for us, obviously for PGA tour live to come back this week. Uh, obviously that's kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, but who knows if they're actually going to extend windows for that because that ends as soon as television coverage comes on. But, uh, I mean, a lot of things out of control in terms of it being Hawaii. You know, obviously it's a little, probably a little easier to get folks there to to California where the event's happening this week. But coverage in general just stinks. It'll be really interesting to see how they take it forward the rest of the year and if the strike doesn't get figured out, yeah. and even if it does. You, you, well, you it, think it, with you, you think with technology these days that like they could give like the shot tracer guys or somebody that could have one person per group just walk around with a GoPro or something yeah. to be able to give some sort of video coverage. I mean, and the fact that they didn't have PJ tour live itself was just disappointing as well. Yeah, it was pretty rough. It definitely needs to get fixed, but it seems like it's been an argument we've had with, uh, or we haven't physically had with the PJ, but we've, we've talked about having with PJ <laughs> many times. Um, yeah. I'll take us into the Career Builder Challenge this weekend. And, and speaking of coverage, it's at three golf courses in California. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do Jesse's part this week, the event history. Um, so hopefully it's not too bad. But um, with the three courses, usually the only coverage is at the stadium course. So there's nothing even on the other two courses. Um, when they were, you know, I think it was last year, had when I was 59, it was at a separate course. No television on that at all. So, um, so you get used to having – two-thirds of your field essentially not on TV for most of the tournament. Um, that being said, this is the former Bob Hope Classic down there in uh, Southern California. I mentioned the stadium course. PJ West hosts the final round and one of the rounds in between at the Jack Nicholas Tournament Course and the La Quinta Country Club Course. Um, those are your three ones to go with. Bucks will break those down for you in a second. Uh, you're going to have five. They're expecting five FedEx top 10 players and five of the world's top 30 here. You have 156 amateurs and 156 pros playing in this tournament. Definitely low scoring as uh, we'd expect in this field. 
Hudson Swafford is your defending champion. You got Jason Duffner in 16, Bill Haas in 2015, Patty Reed in 14, Brian Gay in 13, Mark Wilson in 12, Johnny Vegas in 11, and Bill Haas again in 2010. You can go on and on and on. This tournament has gone on for a long, long time. Changed the Career Builder Challenge in 2016. Foundation, which is not a part of it this year, so who knows what that's all about. But we're, not political, we're not a political show, so we will not go there. But... Uh, should be a fun tournament. Always low scoring. Got a pretty good field for this event um, with most of the, a lot of big guns in uh, the Alvin Dobby tournament. We still have some good ones here. Phil Mickelson making his debut. Um, Bucks, what do you have for the course previews? Yeah, this was a, this was a fun, fun one to do some research on this week. Um, as it is every year with multiple court courses. Um, I, I think we, cause you do have three courses, played amongst four days, 54-hole cut. Um, you have the P.J. West Nicholas course, which is 7,200 yards, par 72. Um, and much like a lot of Nicholas courses, the fairways are uh, generous. Um, it requires you to think on your approach shot, and if you do miss a green, you have to use your imagination to get up and down. They have little ridges in the greens and undulations, um, and little fall off points as well. Um, but that being said, it rewards, like I said, the fairways are generous. So hitting a fairway is not going to be an issue, but it's the guys that are really hitting their mid to short irons. Well, those are the guys that are going to score. Um, and again, this is a scores paradise. So if you are hitting the ball really well, you're going to go super low here. Harrison Frazier shot 59 here a couple years ago and, uh, Q school. Same thing goes for La Quinta Country Club. I mean, it's seven thousand yards, set par seventy-two, so it's super short. I mean, like a really, really short course, um, and it's a little tighter. And they have a ton of fairway bunkers, ton of water, but so you got a lot of guys that go less than driver. They still hit the fairway um, at a decent clip. The greens are pretty. Um, and from what I've read and some of the interviews for the past years, it's really pure. Um, <clears throat> this is the course that, uh, Adam Hadwin shot 59 at last year. So you have two courses out of the three that have allowed a 59 in tournament competition. So paradise, I mean, see some really low numbers on those two courses, um, and then you get to the stadium course, which is the main course here. And this is a really off course in general. I mean, not only has it been on like the top 100 list in the U S in the world for golf courses, but it's also been like the top 50 hardest courses, um, in the country. You look at kind of the scoring averages over the last couple of years, um, and the scoring averages are definitely higher. And typical Pete Dye design, it is um, made to be visually intimidating off the tee. So the fairways are pretty generous in certain spots, but visually it's intimidating. He has a lot of mounds everywhere that you have to aim at. Aggressive play um, for the guys that are hitting the ball well. But coming into the greens, you have tons of undulation in the greens. Um, you have tons of false fronts, tons of pop bunkers, some really deep bunkers. Um, you'll have some, if you miss a green, you have some really crazy eyes around the greens because of all these mounds that he puts on, uh, on his golf courses. So it should be a really, really fun event. Again, I, I think that you'll see some higher scores. I mean, you still have guys that can go low at the stadium course because it's the tour and they're freaking good. <laughs> um, but you'll, you'll see a little bit higher average. That's exactly why, like, on the stadium course, the guys that are playing well and striking the ball well, there, there's a really huge difference between the guys that have, like, their B game and the guys that have their A game. Because there's a ton of water, a ton of those deep bunkers. So if you're on, crazy here. If you're off, you could eat a lot of big numbers this week. So um, enjoy the uh, – you have a couple of the – I really like Nicholas as a, as, as a designer. Pete Dye is 
awesome. I have a bunch of his courses around my area. So I, I like watching these events just to see these guys are hitting from um, and what the course design is like. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm talking to Pete and I this Sunday and or Saturday, and they are very, very visually intimidating, you could say, but they are friendly if you don't play out your rear end. So, um, yeah, definitely. I know exactly what you're talking about there. And the Nicholas one of those means are ridiculous, but uh, yeah. they're pros. Um, Rob, when you're building your lineups, what are the key stats you're looking at this week? Yeah, I think Bubba hits the nail on the head. I think a lot of the guys that are going to be able to hit a lot of greens as well as put them in positions uh, to kind of score are going to be the ones. So I'm actually using um, Fantasy Nationals, like, combo. Um, yeah. Of, uh, uh, what is it, strokes gains ball striking. I know strokes gains approach will kind of be interesting to use, but I don't it, – it's tough because there's no shot tracker on two of the three courses, so it's kind of hard to go off of, like, course history of how they actually played on those courses. But I'm using ball striking – Strokes getting putting on Bermuda because I think all three courses are Bermuda. Um, birdie or better uh, because we were talking about how low people can go. And then a high majority of the par fours are between 350 to 450. So I'm, I'm separating it out because Fantasy National does it in buckets of 50, but putting equal weight on them. Uh, so par four scoring from uh, 350 to 400 and 400 to 450. But I don't know what you're looking at, Bucks. Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of, honestly, a lot of the same stats. Um, every tournament I use kind of DK points, birdie percentage, bogey avoidance, and then I'll look at recent form. Um, but with this tournament having three separate golf courses, it requires you got the entire game being tested, right? It's not like one course where score from 175 to 200, you're going to be golden. Mm-hmm. you have to use everything here. And so um, focus, like you said, on birdie percentage, birdie or better percentage. I am going to focus on the guys that have excelled historically in uh, strokes change approach um, and then off the tee as well, five birdie percentage. From looking at the past stats, um, there's been a correlation between par five scoring um, and guys that finish in the top 25. So I'll be mm-hmm. focused on those. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go to like, the accuracy approach thing I, I like a lot. Uh, we actually have a little bit of current form for once we talked about lately. We haven't had it, so I do look into that, um, especially with some of the uh, impressive performances last week. Um, pretty, pretty percentage in scoring. I'm with you guys. So pretty much all the same things you guys mentioned already. Um, before we get into the picks, we'll start with you, Rob. Since it's a... Um, Three days before the cut, instead of two days before the cut, it's almost like a no cut event. Is what it comes down to, almost. Yeah. Um, how you're more of a cash game guy, like you told us before. How are you approaching this week with your lineup builds? Yeah, this is an, kind of a tough one. I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to play as much um, in terms of cash this week, um, just because I think over three days you're going to see a lot of the the chalkier guys or a lot of the better guys um, make the cut, and you know. The scary part about it is like getting six through six through last week didn't come close to guaranteeing money on a bunch of bunch of teams, uh, especially if you didn't have anybody in the top ten. But um, when you're looking at you know getting six through six through this week, brings even more possibly on with possible MDFs with such a large field getting down to like. Six. So I'll probably pull back a little bit. I might drop a little bit more. GPPs, but um, yeah, cash wise, I'll probably wait to the, the the two day cuts. Gotcha. What about you, Bucks? Um, yeah, I think for me, this is be this is gonna get treated kind of like a no cut event because uh, I do have three days, and so if you got a guy that blows up one round, if he goes low the other two, you're okay, but. I mean, there's still a cut. I mean, you still have a full day of some points and moving up the leaderboard. So um, I'm going to have a mix here. I am going to play some cash this week, but mainly GPPs as usual. Um, yeah. have mix. Like, my GPP lineups will probably be um, – I typically spread it out. So, like, I'll have, like, 75% of my GPP lineups be, like, 
true GPP lineups and then 25% the cash side of things, so safer. Mm-hmm. Probably be weighting it more towards the GPP guys looking down low. Like, I'm not saying I would take him this week, but like a Varner who can go off at any point in time. Um, he's a risky play, but he's got three full days to do something. So um, I'm going to look at it a little heavier on those yeah. guys. Definitely. Um, let's get into the picks here. We've been doing a little more FanDuel of late, but honestly, unless you guys see something, they're not nearly as much of a gap as it has been recent yeah. weeks. So I, I wasn't overly thrilled with it this week to make it a big impact. But if you see some, speak up. Otherwise, we'll kick it with DraftKings. There's five guys over $10,000. So we got John Rom leading the pack at 11 8. Reed Kisner and Mickelson at $10,000 making his debut to the season. Uh, Bucks kick us off in the 10K above. Yeah, I really like this uh, range this week. And I typically don't like playing a lot of guys up top. But I love Rom just because he is familiar with these type of golf courses. The dude can go off at any point in time, makes a ton of birdies. So, him and with him being the most expensive golfer, with Harmon right underneath him, I'm hoping he's a little lower owned this week. Um, so, I'm going to play some ROM. And then, I like Kisner as well. Um, on the model that I have, he is, in my model, which I do um, last 24 rounds on Bermuda and then put in my stat model, um, he is top 10 in a category. So he is uh, he's going to be one of my core plays, I believe. Um, another guy that pops off is Patty Reed. So I'll probably sprinkle him in a little bit. But um, that basically leaves me fading Phil and Harmon. So Harmon... I'm fine with so discriminating against the lefties. I see how it is. I see how I love it is. Lefties, but <laughs> hey, Rob, you like it here? Yeah, so I'm actually on the other side of that. I'm on the, the Harmon Phil side. Um, I think yeah. Harmon's just playing so well right now. He might he might have a slow weekend for sure, but um, in so good. you're not gonna find Brian Harmon as the second best bet according to Vegas in any other tournament the rest of this year. Um, yeah. I get it. The price tag, he's 11, over 11 K. It's kind of ridiculous, but that's just the way the field goes at this point. Um, and, you know, Phil, Phil just has the course history for me at 10 K. If you wanted to take a discount on any of the bigger guys, that's pretty much the only angle I can go with him in that rate. Um, you know, Patty Reed for me is just a guy. I mean, we could talk about it later. There's just not much there for me outside of the fact that, yeah, he won it back in 14. I get it. That's fine. But if you're going to spend up and pay the 11 grand, you need, you know, you need a top 10 from breed. He's not really the guy that I would see kind of putting that together this week, even if it is his first tournament of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind those takes at all. I'm looking at John Rahm. It's just so hard to fade him period. The guy is playing ridiculously well. And then I'm, I'm on the, the Harmon train again this week. Top eight or better in his last five events. He finished T3 here last year. But that was recent form and scoring. This guy, he's checking every box right now. Um, 11.5, it's a crazy price for him. But uh, I'll be going on top with those two. I'll be fading Phil this week. But um, I, just, I, I hate him coming right out the gate on his first tournament. But you never know. If anybody if anybody can do it, it is Phil. So he doesn't yeah. have a good history here. Uh, but I'll be going Rom and Harmon up top. Rom speaks for himself pretty much. Not much more to say about him. For the 9K range, we have five golfers. You got Guff Daddy, who is playing really, really well, pretty well here in the past one or two years ago. You got Webb Simpson, ZJ, who let me down on the weekend on Sunday. You got the uh, Kazire, who won last week. And you got Chesson Hadley at $9,000. Uh, Rob, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, so I would go and look at probably one of the bigger discrepancies. I, I know we were talking about between DraftKings and FanDuel. And look at uh, Webb here. Um, he's 9,700 on DK, but he's also 11,000 on FanDuel, which puts him, uh, what, sixth over there. But he's got the third best Vegas odds right now. He's at 18 to 1, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, considering it is Webb Simpson. Um, but he's been playing so well lately, and he kind of popped in my model um, last 12 rounds on Bermuda. And, you know, I put in an easy score here, too, because I figures it goes so low. He's number one in that ball striking category. He's number one in uh, birdie or better. 
and he's you know he's fourth in putting, which is kind of crazy where you know <laughs> Webb came from in the last year. So yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's probably the one guy I'm probably going to look at in this range at this point. Um, and like you were saying with um, uh, ZJ, I think he's probably going to be another kind of popular name just because he's uh, you know he kind of showed up during the 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 week last week obviously didn't do anything on the weekend but i don't think people are going to play duffner uh i don't know why but 9800 is a far cry from the mid sevens which they had him at uh last week with Stu sake so um yeah I, I don't really see it with kazire going back to back uh going from hawaii to the mainland I, he's got the talent obviously he's won twice already this year but i'll probably fade him yeah i don't hate that at all uh blocks what do you like in here yeah, it's pretty much what's I mean, I'm a fan of a fan of his every week, pretty much. But he has been playing really well, um, and I think this course sets up really well for him, or these courses set up really, really well for him. Um, so he is number one on number one on my model. Um, like in this category would be Duffner. I really, really like the way he plays. I'm probably fading Zach Johnson because of ownership. I think he'll be super popular here. And much like Rob said, I, I'm fading Kazir just because of the win um, kind of hangover. So what do you got, Bubba? Yeah, I'm going to go against you guys in this one. I'm going to Zach Johnson. Uh, I'm, not worried about the, I'm not worried about the ownership here when it comes to like approach. And um, he showed he could score last week. Yeah. He's basically top 20 or better, five straight tournaments. He hasn't missed three straight cups here. It's a bit concerning. Prior to that, he was four for four with two top tens. Um, that's the one thing about this tournament that scares me is just playing three different courses for three days. You never know what you're going to get each day. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. um, it, it, it just kind of throws it out the window to me. But uh, I like Zach Johnson. He finished the year just on fire, and I'll keep riding that, that horse as long as I can. I don't mind Simpson or Duffer, but that price topic for Duff is crazy. Um but still, he can perform. It's actually awesome for me in the 9,000s. All I'm going with there. We take this brief break in the always pressing PGA DFS podcast to talk to you about RotoWare, one of the greatest shirts in fantasy sports. They have DFS shirts, fantasy season long, all kinds of great shirts. They're the best quality shirts in the industry. No other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality, premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts, specialized printing process, designed as part of the shirt, literally dyed bleached into the fabric, no thick ink. It's ridiculous the amount of options you can find, over 30 different designs. Fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, DFS, they keep coming out with more and more and more stuff. Men's, women's, kids, you name it, they've got it. There's lots of buzz kicking up in the fantasy industry about it. People are wearing these shirts. They're representing the shirts. They are great quality shirts. And you can have one, too. You can have more than one, as many as you want. Just use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, DEGENS, for 20% off your order. Go to rotoware.com. Or go to at RotoWare on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what they have. They're giving away free shirts all the time on Twitter. But when you go to purchase, use the code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to the always pressing PGA TFS podcast. For the 8,000, we have 11 players to choose from. Brennan Steele, my man, Reevee, uh, Cook, Haas, Knox, Colley, On, Uline, Kirk, Chucky Three Sticks, and Bubba Watson without the colored balls, I believe, which is a beautiful thing. Um, real quick, in the 8,000, I'll go Brennan Steele again. I know he didn't. He only got 29th when we took him two weeks ago, but he does play really well at this course. T6 last year, T2 uh, three years ago, and he's playing really good golf overall in the fall uh, and winter swing. Um, Ches Reevee, one of the hotter guys in golf, and he's a top 20 machine. Um, finished T12 for last year, T17 the year before. At 8800 bucks, it's like especially for your cash game plays. I love Reedy, but I love him for GPPs as well. So I'll be um, one of my core guys will be Ches Reedy. After that, Bud Colley at 8400 bucks. I like him quite a bit. T3 here last year, um, playing really good golf, finished the year strong, um, good approach game, and um, scoring wise, I like Bud at 8400. And last but not least, it's a West Coast event, so I cannot ignore Charles Howell the third. Uh, especially at $8,000, like that's a nice, to me, discounted price here. Uh, he's top 10 here in three out of the last five years, or top 12, I should say, three of the last five years. And we stomped that really well last year. Had this one bad round, otherwise he would have been a top 20. 
So at $8,000, you'll get some really good value, I think, out of Chucky Three Sticks. He should be popular. But on the West Coast, as we mentioned last week, and we'll mention by every week that he's out here, he just does great at these courses. And you can't ignore that when we talk about recent foreign course history and that kind of stuff. So those are the guys I'm looking at, Steel Reedy, Bud, and Chucky Three Sticks. Lots we looking at. I like a lot of the same guys. Um, I do like Charles Howe. I like Steele. I like Reavy. Um, the one guy I really like down here is Bill Haas. Um, I think he is turned around, basically. Um, and he leads some of the, the stat categories that I really like. It's um, courses. So, Bill Haas. The, another guy that, um, Bubba, you're typically on is James Hahn. Uh, yeah, I was on last week, too, which is depressing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was. Uh, it was nice to see him kind of uh, make a run late. Um, the one guy that I, I'm not going to roster, but I'm going to be watching and uh, watching pretty intently is uh, Peter Uline, because I do think at some point in time he's going to break out and be like one of those perennial, a top twenty-five, top ten guy. But um, until he makes it happen. I'm weak, so. Uh, but I, I do like Chucky Three Sticks and Reavy and Bill Haas. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat with a lot of those guys. The only other one I would probably talk in there is uh, Russell Knox, who's got two top tens in his last three events, uh, especially last week. Uh, I had too much U-line last week. kind of cost me. Uh, he had a very discounted price, I thought. Um, and he just hasn't played that well outside of, like, the Web.com tour events in America, which is kind of surprising. Um, but hopefully, like you're saying, he breaks out. He'll be a good addition to the Ryder Cup team. Um, and, you know, Chris Kirk is a guy that showed up last week, and he kind of always seems to show up in Bermuda Greens. Um, he would be kind of an interesting name at 8,100. Uh, that's a far cry from where he was again last week. But if, you, if you're going between Kirk and CH3 there – at 8,100 versus 800 or 8,000, 8, obviously, I think you got to go CH3 there. So uh, the, my favorite out of this group would be Reavy, though. I think he's playing too well at this point. Like you said, he, he'll, he's definitely going to make my article in the cash games for sure. At 8,800, he's, he's just playing too well at this point, and he's got some good results here. So it's not, it's not overthink it and just kind of put him in a lineup. He's as consistent as it comes these days. It's pretty crazy. Pretty if play. Chez Reavy. Hey, that's my boy. Don't talk bad about Chez. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the seven thousand dollar range. Sixty five golfers. Just less blessing us here. Um, Bucks kick us off in the seven K range. Yeah, I mean, good lord. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I narrowed it down to let's see, 20? seven, eight guys in this range. Eight. And so I'll just name him real quick. Um, he's going to be super shocked this week. But 7700 bucks for a guy that has that game is cheap. And so um, I love the way that he typically plays. I think it suits this course. He's really good typically coming into the greens on his approach. So he's a guy that I'll be looking at. Um, again, ownership, but uh, – for the most part, as long as I'm confident that he will make a cut or anybody will make a cut, I'm not going to be too, too worried about ownership. Um, Brent Snedeker is another guy that I'll be uh, keeping an eye on. I like him. Uh, Kevin Na, Stuart Sink, we were all over him last week, and so was a lot of people. I mean, 6800 bucks and paid off greatly. Um, Robert Garrigus, I really, really like as a guy that can go super low in an event where you kind of have to. Palmer's in that same boat for me. Uh, and he started getting streaky with the putter last week. So if that heats up, I really like him. Um, the one guy that I really, really like in this category, though, that I think will be lower owned um, is Lucas Glover. Yes. He's a ball striker. He is solid off the tee. And if he can fairly large percentage of the greens thing to chip, then he will perform well this week. Uh, so I really like Glover. He's probably one of the top guys like Webb or Rom. He's probably my number one play this week. 
Love it. Love it. Rob, what are you looking at in the 7K range? Very nice. I like that Glover call. It's a good call. He's made the last yeah. three cuts there. Um, definitely on Brant, I think, at his price range and for his talent and the fact that how well he could put on Bermudas, that's a misprice in my opinion. Might be an injury type of thing, but um, he needs a win to get in the Masters, and that's pretty much all the reason he's playing for it. Um, David Lingmerth, who is a guy who kind of shows up in course history a lot. Uh, he lost in the playoff to Duffner. He's actually lost twice in playoffs here. Uh, he would be another guy I would look at. Um, Marty Laird as well. He's made his last five cuts here. Um, really guys that kind of look – I'm looking at guys that show up at uh, the waste management, to be honest. I don't know why yeah. that course kind of fits the same build, but it really does. Um, yeah. The one name that I would be kind of interested to get actually get your opinion on is Wesley Bryant, who's getting rid of his driver. He's not playing driver anymore. Uh, nice. In my model, he's number two in putting on Bermuda, and he, he's always a guy who can have accuracy and good approach game as long as he keep it in the fairway. And if he's getting rid of a driver, maybe he's going to hit off the deck with putters. I don't know his whole career, but 7,200, I think he's going to be worth kind of a play in some GPPs. I like that getting rid of the driver because that's always been a problem. If he's in the fairway, he can score. He's proven it two weeks yeah. in a row now. Oh, last year, I think yeah. it's outstanding. No driver. He's going anti-fill there. Instead of two drivers, he's going no driver. He's going Stenson. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, all right, the 7K for myself, uh, the Lingmurth call I do like a lot, and same with Laird. They're both just course history guys, like you said. Lingmurth 5 for 5 um, on the cuts here. And Party Marty Laird has done very, very well himself. Um, at 7400 bucks. he's very stressful. We know that about Laird. <laughs> But nine to ten cuts here and gets that done. But um, Swafford seventy eight is not bad. I love Glover. Uh, Bucks, you nailed it. I think he's a great, great play at seventy five. I think if he would have been playing more regularly without taking some time off, he'd probably be in the mid eights this week. Uh, we're getting kind of a deal at seventy five hundred with Lucas. We know he's a guy that could easily uh, go on a tear if he gets his his, his driver working there. So I like Glover at seventy five. A guy I like a lot, usually in this range, and I like him again this week, is Streelman at 7500 bucks. Nothing flashy, but he's a consistent guy that's going to T20 you and uh, get you through the cut most weeks. Uh, Ryan Armour, a young guy at 74 bucks, playing really, really well. So don't mind him at all. There's a handful of others. Um, Jones at 71 I do like him. Um, as a cheaper and basically kind of punt play close to six, uh, the 6K range. Uh He's seven for seven on the cuts here, and he's seventy one hundred bucks. So he does like playing these courses. So I like that a lot. And then I can't not mention my boy at seven thousand dollars making his two thousand eighteen debut. Mr. Flores um, missed the cut here last year, but he's got a couple of good finishes here, and he finished the year very, very well. I do like as long as he keeps making cuts at seven K, I'll take it all day long. But I'd probably rather play Jones actually at seventy one. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at the seven thousand dollar range. $6,900 and below bucks. Take us away. 71 golfers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I mean, um, there's actually a couple guys down here that I like. Um, I will not be playing Lee Jansen or Corey Pavin. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mike Ware? <laughs> I mean, I'm back to like mid-90s PC golf again. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But there's a couple guys. I think Scott Brown is good value at 6,800. I think he's a guy that plays better than. Um, plus, he's a guy that doesn't need to overpower this golf course as long as he keeps in a play. All right. Um, Varner, I mentioned him. He's one of those GPP darts that if he gets hot, he gets hot. I mean, he could shoot 4 million, but uh, again. When he gets going, he is really, really good, and he makes a ton of birdies. So as long as he can avoid a big number, driver off of every tee here, um, which he shouldn't have to as a as a flyer. Rory Sabatini, guy a lot. I mean, an awful lot. Um, by down here, he's actually twelfth on the model. Um, so as far as Giving Rory three rounds, um, I dig it. Two other guys, three guys I'll mention. Brett Stegmeyer, I like where his game's at. He's coming around. Um, uh, 
Gooch played really well last week. I like where his game's at quite a bit. And then the last guy that I'll mention that I really, really like down here and nothing to do with the recent form because he's been terrible. Um, but I think with a couple events in him, Nick Watney, I really like him at 6600 bucks. He, from an approach standpoint and a strokes gain overall standpoint, he was good. And if he can keep it in play here, and again, he shouldn't have to hit driver everywhere. So if he can keep it in play here, I really like him at this uh, event just because it's such a focus on coming into the greens and positioning, which he has historically been good at. So 6600 bucks for an upside guy. I'll take it. Yeah, he's a California kid, so not a bad look there. Uh, Rob, we like another 6Ks. Yeah, I like uh, a bunch of those guys for sure. Uh, I would add on to Sabatini. Um, Sam Saunders at 6,600 also. Kind of a big GPP punt. Um, and then Ben Martin at 6,900. He had a – what did he have? I think he had like a seventh-place finish. Last, yeah, he finished seventh last week at the Sony. Actually gained nine strokes total, and six of that was approach. So he's a guy who could putt on Bermuda, um, and he's improved – in putting uh, over his last 20 over two strokes, which is something that he wasn't that good at. He was another guy I was kind of rolling with for a while last year. Uh, he got hot after the Heritage and kind of made cut after cut and actually played well the quick and loans. But, um, yeah, there's a ton of guys down here, and you pretty much just want to avoid all of them if you can. But <laughs> yeah. it's it's tough. It's tough, especially with three rounds, because you really need to kind of find a star and, and some scrubs that can make yeah. you a cut on get just get there and make points on Sunday. So, yeah, this, the range is not appetizing at all. But you guys see some of them. Uh, uh, Corey Connors at 6,900. I don't mind. Um, a guy at Bucks, or not Bucks, Jesse named last week, Adam Shank. Yeah. Finished a T39 last week. He's 6,900 bucks. And Lamar looked into him. He's been finishing pretty well overall, so I don't mind him at all. A guy like Nick Taylor at 68. Yeah. Uh, Brennan Gay at 68. Who, Brian Gaming, who's uh, he's actually won here before. Not horrible. Uh, Seamus Powers at 67. Silverman, who let me down by missing the cut by a stroke. Still been playing really, really good golf. with like a 6,700 bucks. So don't mind that. You guys mentioned a bunch of other good ones. It's just, like you said, Rob, you don't want to be down here unless you have to. Because <laughs> it's really not that. I have a lot of first-timers down here that have come in playing well. But you can see how some of the courses treat them. Let's get into some of our punt plays. Bucks, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I would go with um, Nick Watney or Stegmeyer. I like both of them down low. What about you, Rob? Um, Sean O'Hare, 7,300. He's got really, really good course history um, and has, has actually played fairly decent lately. He's not great in terms of Bermuda, I think. Um but he had a ninth last year and a 28th the year before. So he knows how to play this course. And the other guy had Grayson Murray at 7,500. Um, yeah. I mean, he's probably well-priced there, but he's definitely not going to be well-owned just because of the fact that people don't like him. And, you know, yeah, I don't think he's played yet this year. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, my punt's uh, Connors and then Shank. I like Shank at 1,600 bucks. Uh, definitely a nice price there. Um, your top bust of the week, Bucks. Um, bust of the week, I'm going to go with Harmon. Fair enough. What about you, Rob? I'm going P. Reed. Yeah, I never get Patrick Reed right, ever. I don't either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my, my bust of the week is Phil Mickelson. 10,000 bucks. Okay. Um, give me two or three guys that are, will be in your core, Bucks. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to have a few lineups, and my top guys are either going to be Simpson or Rom. So those two will be my core up top. Um, and then the kind of mid-range, Lucas Glover is definitely going to be my core down, probably sink, and I'll have a bunch of Ryan Palmer as well. What about you, Rob? Yeah, so I would I spread it out. I would say uh, Webb in the nine thousands, Ches in the eight thousands, and Brant in the seven thousands. I think those three guys are pretty high caliber. Yeah, I would say. It's a good. Uh, I hope so. 
Yeah, initially it looks great. Yeah, but exactly. How many times do you set up playing golf? Uh, <laughs> my core is going to be Reevy, uh, Bud Colley, and Lucas Glover. Those three guys I'll be building around. Leaves you some flexibility to go high or low, whatever you need to do there. Who is your pick to win Bucks? Um, I would say either Simpson or Lucas Glover, one of those two. You got Simpson at 20 to 1, and you got Glover at 80 to 1. You got winning this one, Rob? I am all aboard Webb Simpson this week. I don't know why. I hate this guy, but it's just he's just playing too well, and the field's just not that good. I, I think Rom, I know what you guys are saying his he's by far the best talent in this field, but I think he's kind of gearing up towards next week where he's going to have prime time with Tiger on Thursday and Friday. Uh, so I think it's more of a kind of a feeling, get me so, get myself sharp. And honestly, the courses don't fit him that well. He's not going to be able to overpower it. So um, he's good enough to win it for sure. But if you're going to have to give me some odds or at least some juice, I'm going to take Webb at 18 or whatever you said, 21 to 1. Sure, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with a 40 to 1 on Ches Ruby. I think I think he busts through this week. Um, and then real quick, Rob, you mentioned this to me earlier. The Euro Tour tournaments on drafting suck, but they are in Abu Dhabi or Abu Dhabi, and they are loaded. Dustin Rose, just, or Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson, you got Stenson, McElroy, Paul Casey, rest in peace, Jesse, uh, Matt Kuchar, you got Hatton, Fleetwood, RCB, Fitzpatrick, Grace, list goes on and on. It's loaded for a Euro event. Uh, do you guys have any takes on this, yeah. Rob? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a extremely loaded field. I guess that kind of comes with probably the uh, appearance fees that some of these guys are probably getting. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dustin is by far the class, I think, of this field. I think he's like five to, five to one. He's five to one. Five yeah, to one with that field. <laughs> with that field, which is a ma- that's that's also major caliber. It's pretty nuts. Um, and Rory's like seven to one, but, you know, who knows what he's going to do out of the boat. But, uh, you know their coverage is going to be a little bit better, hopefully, uh, than the Golf Channel. So you'll probably get some good primetime action, especially late at night, because that'll start late Wednesday night, which is great. Um, but even even when you start to go outside of that, you know, Arby Barnrath had a good end of the season. He pushed Rose in a couple tournaments. Thomas Peters, we didn't even mention, is all the way down there, like 8,500. Uh, his name is popping. He's like 40 to 1 this week, too, yep. I guess, in that size field. And then you throw in, like, Matt Fitzpatrick, Ross Fisher, you know, the talent of England, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the perfect genius in DeChambeau decided to go to Abu Dhabi instead of play in the loss in California. So uh, you'll get to see him. Yeah, he's like 7,300. So he's probably going to be in some lineups just for the fact that people know who he is. But yeah, for that, sure. I'm kind of excited for the fact that knowing this tournament is this week, uh, the Cutter tournament, which is the one that Tiger played in last year and screwed up his back, is next week or the week after, so he can't play can't play in that, so he's not going to fly across the world and be an idiot that's, and try to yeah, with his next, back. Next. Yeah, so he won't be able to screw up his back unless he's, you know, doing something out of the rough at Tory, which isn't good anyways. Yeah. You got any thoughts on this one, Bucks? Yeah, I think it's freaking awesome, man. I mean, it's like almost like a mini-major yep. with the, the talent level at the, at the course and Golf Channel has six hours of coverage a day live for this event. So can't wait to early a golf and have terrible DraftKings tournaments. <laughs> I from what I've seen, yeah, from what I've seen, like interactions with people clamoring for more events from this, it doesn't seem like they're gonna push the needle at all in terms of Euro. They're just going to keep relying on the PGA. Yeah, but uh, like, is... I, I, you look at an event like this, and I don't yeah, – yes, it's a Euro event, but there's so many guys like DJ that go over there that this could be like a primetime DK event, especially with the covers that the Golf Channel has for. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's not like they signed up like, two days ago to go play in this. Yeah, this, yeah, this should exactly. be like the first big – event on DraftKings of the year. It should. You can make a pretty solid event on this to make it work. Yeah. yeah, not, yeah sure. Nine of the nine of the top 20 here. I, I counted almost 18 or 19 of the top 59 are here. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, who doesn't want a DJ and Rory and DJ and everybody else that's there? Like, yeah, instead, exactly. we're talking about Lucas Glover winning. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Who would you rather um, play at nine grand, Chesson Hadley or Matt Kuchar? Yeah. I mean, that's the tournament hey, you're looking at right who's, now. Who's nine grand at the Abu Dhabi? Matt yeah, Kuchar. That's yeah, Kuchar. Hadley or this guy, whoever Rob says. It's Kuchar. Kuchar. You got Keimer and Kuchar at 9,100 and 9,000 versus Chess and yeah, Hadley so like, at nine. Yeah, Chess and Light. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. They actually had good coverage of that Eurasia tournament, so they they brought it. Fun, fun to watch that. So enjoy that if you can't watch the U.S. golf. But um, before we get out of here, we have a listener question from our buddy Matthew. Many may know him on Twitter at MMJ6969. Um, what is more important, course history or form of the player? Uh, I'll take this one first. First, thank you, Matthew, for helping hook up the Snell podcast. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, for me, recent form is more important. The course history, but if a guy is playing like garbage, I don't care how he played the course three years ago or two years ago. Um, so recent form is definitely more important for me. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I would say if I'm looking to build a build a team for a guy or a couple guys I think that are going to win, I'm going to rely more on form. If I'm looking to find a guy that would be a good punt or be a yes. cut getter, I'm going to go look for a course history guy or I'm going to lean on it a little bit more. But I'm not going to put all my stock into it at that point. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd say I'd say use more course history on those like six thousand, seven thousand dollar guys. Just like you said, I want to get them through the cut. But uh, like we talked about last year, a lot of bucks with John Rom. He never played any of these courses, and we never cared because he was scorched earth. Yeah, exactly. So, well, good stuff, gentlemen. Good stuff. The career builder in the in the chamber, and we got Tiger Woods back next week. So. Much to enjoy there. Rob, thanks for joining us. We'll get you back on more often this season. Check out Rob on Twitter at all day, every 365. Bucks on Twitter at BP11. I am at Pediatric. The podcast is at always press DFS. Any final words, gentlemen? No. Make it happen this week. Yeah, check out your fantasy national stuff. Go check out Fanshare Sports for their their coverage of everything. There's a lot of good stuff out there. So enjoy it all. And we will be back next week. Catch you later.